Hey there, welcome to this podcast, Fun and Away Together. My name is Liz Waweru, a getaway planner at my company, Exclusive Echo Travels, where for 10 plus years, we have organized getaways that help travelers reconnect, recharge, and revitalize. Travel is a fun way to reconnect with your partner away from the usual hassles of life. Because seriously, if you can't have fun with your spouse, then who else? Being a wife and mom, I can tell you that alone time with your spouse is worth carving out. Please note, I share pointers by couples who have been generous in sharing what has worked in their own marriages during couples getaways that I have organized in the past. I am so grateful for the willingness and the openness of these couples. I also talk to people who share their own journey in marriage as well as professionals in the relationship space. Okay, let's dive into it. Episode 86. In today's episode, I'll be starting a conversation with Lucy Muturi, a psychologist who talks quite a bit to young adults. I'll be looking to hear her perspective and especially what she hears from them and how we can relate this to how a couple relate to each other and in turn, their children. I hope you learn a lot as much as I did. Welcome. Do you have the luxury or rather the advantage, should I say, of being in that future for the young adults or parents who were who had started parenting a bit um, way back, right? So that's what I wanted you to just give a context because I think people don't understand. There's just the... And okay, fine, there's a reality of life in terms of the day-to-day. The couple has many things that they're trying to um, manage. As a family, they have bills they need to pay, Children who need to go to school, aging parents, their own like personal issues, maybe in terms of career development or their own changes, midlife crisis, all manner of things. But in that melting pot, we have children <laughs> in that environment. And so I just wanted to hear from you and maybe others who have not had that opportunity to hear. What, what is it that you, that you see or hear when you meet these young people in your, in your line of work? Okay, I think I'm going to first stress in my line of work, mm. uh, which is people who are having different challenges adjusting to life, mental health struggles. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to emphasize that is just to say, uh, I might paint a darkish picture, mm. but realize who comes to my office yes. is struggling. Yes. So I'm not saying it's the whole population, no, true. but I'm saying when things go wrong, and therefore I shall be talking about a lot of things going wrong, mm. and it's not everywhere it goes wrong, mm. but when things go wrong, yeah. These are the kind of things that then can happen to kids. Yeah. So uh, I always ask people for indulgence for the fact that honestly I'm going to make you very sad. It, honestly, it's my environment. That's what I do. It can be a bit of a sad reality. Yeah. But, but I think yeah. an important reality. Because just before we started the conversation, we were talking about suicide cases that have been, you know, rising. And mental health is also a big topic right now in all spaces, whether it's corporate, whether it's church, whether it's in schools, whether mental health. 
for mental wellness. And it all leads to these things we're talking about suicide because if somebody is just feeling you know unstable, some, okay, I, let, again, let me not speak with authority here because I do not know um, how some someone could probably arrive at that. You know, there's all manner of things, I guess, the hopelessness with it or whatever they are thinking or feeling. But we were seeing how we we're seeing increased cases of suicide. And I was saying amongst young people, but you've also pointed out that it's even amongst older people, even in their 40s, in their 30s. In the, and I was like, what? Really? Wow. So maybe you can just indulge us a bit on that. Uh, so I guess we started the suicide before I go to the other side, because you brought it up. Um, I, I talk to my colleagues in my, in, in my field, and honestly, they're all noticing the same thing. Mm. I mean, suicide rates uh, have gone up. You know, you sit down with clients and you discover so many have either attempted or are thinking mm -hmm. about it, you know. Or you sit with people and if wow. someone, people seem to know someone who has attempted or actually has died through suicide. That's true. You know, so it's no longer that odd thing that happens out there. It's really, really with us right now. And I have to say, at least from where I'm sitting, um, where I'm sitting as a psychologist, with the client group that I have and having talked to some of my friends in my field, we really are seeing a bit of a rise, especially after COVID, right? Mm -hmm. So has the research yet been totally done to understand what this rise mm -hmm. is about? Our guests and I mean, what we are figuring out is, I mean, probably brought out a lot of stress mm -hmm. <laughs> in people. Um, the lockdown between losing jobs, ending up, um, Kind of even discovering who is for you and who is against you. Because I mean, things got tough and you know, you make up your phone calls and you discover, hey, by the way, I'm in this world alone because mm. it's like no one cares what's happening to me or you're home and you discover you don't know one in your house. You know, you don't know your kids, you don't know your wife, you know, the kids also don't know you and they're there just being like, what happened? Mm. You know, so it, it was a stressful period. So mm. we wait for the full research to come out and say, what the links are and what some of those causal mm. relationships will be, but for sure there's something going on. So yeah. when you ask me what's going on, yeah. for me, when I think suicide, I think despair. And I work a lot with young adults. And when they come to me and they're telling me about their suicide thoughts, um, talking about what it is that gets them to that point where they are thinking and contemplating suicide. One thing I get to appreciate is that they're in a place whereby something has gone wrong. They have tried to look for a solution for it in different ways, but it's never working out. They keep coming back to the same dark spot even after they make a change. So, by the time they're thinking suicide, it's more of, I've tried everything. And you know, with every trial, you raise hopes mm -hmm. in yourself that, ah, finally found a solution yeah. out, Woo! And then, you know, you find yourself back in that same hole. square one. Then you try something else, there's hope, and then back down. So you see, with every attempt and failure, every attempt and failure, that hope keeps dying. So to the point whereby someone just says, by the way, if this is what life is going to be about, I'm done. I'm, I, I'm sorry, but I'm done. I, I can't do this. Mm. So before you know it, someone starts thinking, by the way, life would be better if I was out of here. And unfortunately, truth be told, the internet actually has websites 
that teach you how to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. Using whatever resources you have. Oh my goodness. Um, and also trying to make it maybe as painless as possible, but also, what's the word that I'm looking for? That it shall be done. That shall be final. Yes. It shall not that be. It shall succeed. It shall succeed. It will not be an attempt. Exactly. So by the way, I remember the first uh, one of the first years told me about this. I was like, I there's a website that's teaching you. I was so heartbroken because I was like, oops. But then again, I've also had anyway. I can tell you stories to Noel, but I can't also get into details just because um, mm -hmm. obviously it's my line of work. So some of the things, especially with the young adults, that's leading them to suicide. Um, some of those things are relational in this sense. I'm in a whole struggling with something, but when I look at how what I'm going through is affecting others, it starts feeling like I'm a burden to them. So let me die so that your life is better. Mm, that's their interpretation of thinking. Yes, that's part of the interpretation because you know what's important. And even me, I've tried. And you know that reflection of seeing yourself as a burden is not a fun reflection. Mm. When you look at the people around you, whether it's siblings, parents, and just think, I'm just burdening you. Mm. So you're like, you know what? I think you'll be happy if I wasn't mm. here. So I'm, I'm in a bad state. You're getting in a bad state because of me. So mm. why don't we just check out? Mm. Right? Um, yeah. So maybe that's part of it. And tell me, how, because for me, I'm, I'm interested to know the parents, that bit of um, the parents, because you mentioned it's about, it's also about going back to the family. Mm -hmm. How do they, how do you see the parents like linking into this problem for these young teenagers, or this, sorry, not young teenagers, young adults, are they dealing with issues that it's like school, it's like, you know, oh, this girl left me and she doesn't like, like self-esteem, or is it that, I don't know, what, like how are you seeing it linking back to a parent? If you're talking particularly about suicide, how it links back to Or the any parents. issue for that matter that you're seeing amongst these okay. people. Um, as I said, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. So mm -hmm. part of the link is this. Your child is struggling with something. Yeah. Whether it's that extreme anxiety yeah. that makes it really difficult for them to be among their age group. Because okay. they're struggling in their social setting. Yes. They tend to either withdraw. Mm -hmm. But again... You know, the young adults also we're talking about tend to be either in university, mm. about to enter their workforce. So you're also in an environment that forces you to be with people, right? Mm -hmm. You're being forced into an environment that also, um, in many cases, sometimes um, involves quite a bit of teamwork and things you have to do, to get to, to do together. Yeah. Even just as a demand of academics or the training that you're getting so that now you get into the workforce, right? Yes. Forget the fact that you're also at an age where People want to socialize, get to yeah, know people, yeah, you know, you're trying to spend your crew, yeah, whatever, whatever. You're yeah. feeling yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine having anxiety around people. And your anxiety is about, will they like me? Mm. You know? Feeling so inadequate. You know, you just talked about confidence. Not having that confidence, not having that sense of, I'm worthwhile and enough just as I am. So imagine, for example, now, you're in a school or situation where I play you've been called upon to do an assignment with your classmates. And you're, you have fear of people. Are you going to turn up for that group work now? No. You've been told maybe, even just a professor in class just pointed to you and saying, eh, Madam, what do you think about this? 
Young man, what do you think about this? In class, with 50 other people, 60, 100, depending on whichever institution you're in, are you going to answer? No. But also what might be the comeback from people. People might sneak at you, by the way, or laugh, especially if they think it's a very easy thing. A teacher might also, unfortunately, make a comment, which could be negative, which means what? You're, you're building on my anxiety. Mm. You're really building on that idea that I have in my head of is something wrong with me. I'm inadequate. I'm not important enough. I'm stupid in some way. Like, I just don't... I'm not a good enough human mm. being. Right? So, am I going to continue attending school? Mm. There's a good probability I'll be missing classes. Because yeah. it's too much pressure. Mm. And it keeps this dialogue in my head of my inadequacy, my inefficiency. Now, let's go to just going out. Mm. You know, that Saturday going out to the disco, even at a house party, a hike, mm. it becomes a problem. And you find what some of these um, children do is that they'll tell you, yes, I'm going out, but I have to take like a couple of shots before I go so that I use enough. Because if I don't, I won't be able to interact with anyone. Ah, now, alcohol. where the parents come in is this. A child realizes they actually have a problem. Come and tell parents, by the way, I get so scared around people. I can't mm. handle it. Parents look at you and they're like, and what's your problem? Sierra, human being, and like everyone else, everyone socializes, like, what's your problem? So in the sense of people not taking that challenge seriously. So parents are accepting. Like yes, yeah. it's, it's okay to be scared. We get scared. Yeah. We go for interviews, so adults go for interviews. I am very scared. But you see, that scared is different from this scared. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people mm-hmm. assume it's that level of scared that you can push yourself through. So you're not really hearing me when I'm telling you, no, it's not that. It's a scale higher. You know? So are you listening and will you get me the help I need? Because then I have so many of these youngsters who keep telling me, Madam, eh, I don't know how many sessions I can pay for. Because you see, I can't really quite tell my parents I'm coming for therapy. Because they keep telling me the issues I have are these Western issues. I've been watching too much social media and listening to many white, too many white people, and so I've decided I have a problem. And, and yet it's a genuine problem, you see. And, and I have a question. Yeah. In this, in this uh, young adults that you're talking to, I'm curious to know, Maybe they don't know who's telling, but I'm curious to know if they actually say the kind of relationship their parent, the the, the 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 parents are having. Why I ask this is because when I am relating with my spouse, I'm sure they also have fears that they would open up to me about, and then such that if my child also comes and shares this, their fears. It's already, I mean, it's a normal affair that people open up with fears and this is how we react or don't react or whatever. But I'm just curious, do they also talk about what their parents' relationship is like? Or not? Okay, part of my work is I always have to get a history from my clients about, you know, their life, like from zero to Mm -hmm. whatever they are at, yeah? And when it comes to their parents' marital situation, they're very few who tell me that that one is going all nice and smooth, like for real, you know, which is always very unfortunate in many, many ways, yeah. But talking about the marital thing, think about it also about 
part of the culture we have grown up with, yeah. for real, yeah. is not a culture that has been sensitive to people's emotions. Like, for real. Yeah. Um, we are kind of the people, to a certain degree, who, where we follow the thing of when things get tough, the tough keep going, mm. kind of thing. You know, as in just chikaze yeah. and move on. Yeah, what's the problem? Right? What's the problem? Yeah. yeah. Like deal. Exactly. So, part of the thing is, when you have parents who as a couple don't have emotional space for themselves, they're not going to have that emotional space for the kids. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as you say, are we having the kind of dialogue with my spouse whereby they can tell me everything that's going on with them, their struggles, their successes, and they feel like this is a safe place to have those discussions, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, at the end of the day, what you're really talking about is, do people have safe spaces? Exactly. Where you don't have space. yeah. to pretend that life is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can come, you know, I keep telling people, it's that thing where, it's that space where you can shed off every mask you have and just turn up as yourself. Come as you are. And no one is going to judge you. No one is going to laugh at you. As in, you're just taken as you are. Because honestly, if you have a space like that, you thrive. If you don't have those spaces, Ooh, you're on survival mode all your all the time. And sometimes survival mode for too long can get you to literal burnout and just being like, by the way, I'm done. It's because literally you're acting all the time. Yes, you're never yourself. Yeah. And then the struggle for you is you're always doing the struggle by yourself. There's no one to help and support. Mm. Right? So um so for the parents. It's more of what is the emotional space for you as a couple, but even to bring in your kids into that emotional space where you can even teach them how to deal with these emotions, whether it's the fear, because honestly, I'll tell you this, these young ones, mm. young adults, mm. and we'll put them all the way to 30, mm -hmm. there are quite a few who even struggle with failure. Mm. Failure. Which is something that happens to absolutely everyone. And it's a regular thing. So we were talking about her singing choir. You know, everyone's in a while ago and start singing and you go off key. And then you've let everyone in church off key and you're just like, And next Sunday we have to turn up and do the same thing again. With a big smile on your face. You know, you just feel like, hi. Yes, we shall go and rehearse a bit more now. But I mean, it's everywhere. You know, you date. And someone decides you are not the one, so they walk away. It feels like a failure. You go to class. We don't always understand everything the first time we hear it. And for some of us, there are things we shall just never understand. If it's a failure, because you have not gotten it, right? But you find this group, they struggle with the word failure. And what I'm discovering is, mm -hmm. in a nutshell, mm -hmm. they suffer from a lack of identity in a certain sense. Like just knowing. Just because you're a human being and you exist, you're good enough. Yeah. It's as though they have grown up in an environment that has said it's what you produce that gives you your value and worth. So if you're not producing that which gives you value and worth, then you are useless. So it's like your comp. When your comp start, stops working in the sense of it's always freezing, you can't get into your emails, you can't use your word and whatever. So you throw the comp and get another one or you upload software, mm -hmm. whatever it is that mm -hmm. you're meant to do, you believe it's the software we turn off at. These are human beings, you can't do that. You can't toss them. You know? But, 
that's how they feel. So I'm not doing well in school. I failed an exam. By the way, some of them actually run towards suicide precisely because they failed an exam, because it's like, how? For example, the ones getting into uni, yeah? maybe you've come in with a B plus, even higher than that. You're used to being a success. But then, no, because you're used to being a success, you went and put yourself in a degree program that will tax Mm. Your mental abilities properly. Properly. And so, properly, which is okay. And it's always good anyway, to say you, I'm doing actuarial science or something. Engineering, mm. medicine. And mm. I mean, from your grades, of course, your, your grades indicate that you could be capable of doing these tougher things. So it's okay to get into those programs. The only problem is uni and high school are two different playing fields. Eh? Yeah. While you are getting an email bio in high school, you might turn to have a medicine and start getting C pluses and you're thinking, ah, how? That's true. Because first of all, you have to change your study skills, the demands are more. Mm. This structure you are given in high school where those, uh, what did you guys do? Your time preps, yeah. You have to set your timetable exactly. to study. You're, you're like your own, you're self-supervised in, in university compared to high school. And you hadn't learned that in uni. Mm -hmm. I mean, in high school, how to do your time management. You know, you come here, you go to class. There's other things to be done. Mm -hmm. There are clubs to be attended, mm -hmm. if, as in these official clubs that people will get into for, you know, whether it's public speaking clubs or yes. the environmental clubs, but then also social social life. Because And you have to still time manage that, but you're doing med. Uni brought in a very interesting aspect that it helps to introduce children early to activities because it's not always about one thing. Because in life, look at us right now. Talk about talk to any adults right now. They they feel like they're on a rat, like literally on a highway every day from the time they wake up in the morning. Because they're like, oh no, you have got the office, I've got the work, and then I have a sick parent, and then you have this relative, and then you know there's this wedding I'm planning with, and then I have this, and I have there are all these balls they're juggling, and because they didn't have the ability, well, not they have the ability, but they just don't know how to manage all this. And it's okay to have all these things. They're all important. It's just how do you slot them in at what time. Some you may even need to put away for just a, a day or two. You'll come back to it. But then you take them all full on. And you have five, and then you always hear crisis. My deadline, you see people crashing through the night till 3, 5 in the morning to hit deadlines because they weren't, you know, it's so interesting that you said that, that you don't actually think about that element. Yeah, aspect, yeah. So the kid has been struggling in, I mean, trying to, as you say, to manage all these new demands of life. They are honestly intelligent, but they start failing. They have never failed in school, like mm -hmm. never. Nursery, they were the top one. High school, I mean, primary they were taught, high school they were taught. Now all of a sudden, they're average. Whether they're not failing, who you taught on equal average? They can't deal with it because if it's not a need, they have failed. But what life skills do they And have? so they don't know how to manage it because no one, first of all, ever taught them that one, failure is normal. Because sometimes you also have the kind of parents who keep pushing you to be excellent. And then you live in a household where everyone seems to be excelling. Your brother is a lawyer, the other one is an engineer, dad is a doctor, mother, I don't know, is a CEO of work. So everyone here is a success. Then you're the one in uni who can't keep your grades up. Ah, it becomes a problem. Parents need to be able to have conversations with their kids about where they have failed. In a sense of, honestly, you and I right now can sit down and discuss very many places in our lives we have failed. 
Obviously. I mean, come on. You don't even have to think about it. When I was 20 day. years old, precisely. Even <laughs> today morning. This morning. Even today morning. <laughs> you can think of, yeah. Very, yes. very, you know. But people don't talk about those things. And In also learning through the failures. Precisely. Because you see, you talk to your kids about, you know, I applied for work like for a whole year before I ever got my first job. Your kid doesn't know that part of your history. You keep telling the kid about the great job you got, the first one, which propelled you to the mm. next one, propelled you to this, now look where I am at. But the kid doesn't know mm. you spent the 12 journey. months writing your CV, rewriting it, doing your cover letters, calling people, tamaking like there's no tomorrow. You know, they don't know that part of the story because you've never spoken about it. You've never talked about those exams you used to fail, that class that Yanni used to struggle in. Yanni, even after spending 20 hours studying for one exam, you still didn't get it. You're still getting a C, and <laughs> then you need to walk out of there with a smile on your face, like, at least I got a C, it wasn't a D I or a know, fail. Because that's what we're putting in our pocket and going. That's so true. But the kid knows I got second class honors, upper or lower, or whatever it is. And by the way, in our family, we don't get out without any honors as in, you know. So in the sense of we need to normalize failure. And failure not to be personal. In the sense of you failed at something, you are not a failure. You know, it's like, yesterday I was watching a video about parenting and I remember the, the lady saying, you punish, it's not, there's no bad child. There's bad behavior. There's no bad child. So it's the same thing you're saying. There's no bad person. It's the, it's the result of trying at something that didn't go right or as you had wanted. But that doesn't define you. That's all for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. Also, feel free to share this podcast with someone else who you think may benefit from listening to it. I also invite you to follow us on our Facebook page and Instagram pages, Fun and Away Together, where you can look out for interesting updates on exciting events and updates on Fun and Away Together activities. I look forward to having you here back next week on Monday as I continue this very interesting conversation about how parents relating to each other can project into the future of their children. Remember, whatever you do together, keep it fun!